Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. If you've got an insurance question, you could talk to a dentist. But instead of filling you in on ways to save on your policies, he'd probably be too busy filling in that loose crown. Or you could talk to your local Geico agent, who will use their expertise to polish up your policies from home and auto to renters, motorcycle, boat, and RV too. So while, yes, your dentist can save your smile, your Geico agent could save you money, which will make you use that smile a whole lot more. To find a Geico agent near you, visit geico.com slash local. Morning. Morning. This show contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Are you ready to get your mind blown? One angry New York City Puerto Rican decided to start a radio show determined to piss the world off by shoving a mirror in front of society's face. He kicked them in the balls. What are you? Who are you? This is the Crotch Shot Radio Show. Crotch Shot Radio Show. This is not a test. This is a broadcast transmission. We're going to stay on the air. And now, and now, the weeping, the weeping. to the crowd chart radio show where we kick the issues in the balls we are on an active war against bullshit we would do anything and everything to expose bullshit the ends sometimes justify the means so if you're angry and want the truth exposed then strap in the prepare to be shocked this is smash mouth talk if you can't accept that then fuck off i'm your host louis b i take no bullshits from nobodies i actually expose the bullshit of society and chop it up into easy to digest chunks for you today won't be any different today. I am honored and privileged to have this guest on. Uh, you would have seen him on the Late Late Show, and also on Fox News, and uh, more notably on uh, a frequent guest on the Anthony Cumia Show. I am, of course, talking about Mister Joe DeVito. How you doing today, sir? Hey, how are you, Louis? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. I mean, it, it's um. It, it like I, I'm like re- I was really interested in having you on and and having comics like you on, um, more like specifically because of your your political leanings. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're you're on Fox News. I mean, am I am I safe to assume you you lean more to the right? Well, it's weird. Um, hmm. I'm politically, I guess, what you call a small L libertarian. Ah, and I think. These days, that means I suppose I lean a little bit more right, just yeah. because the people on the left are behaving so badly. Yeah, I mean, I I consider myself a libertarian. Of course, uh, I you know I I learned about libertarianism through, uh, of course, Ron Paul when he ran uh, mm-hmm. those two times, and and I did more research on what that meant, and it made the most sense to me. Yeah, I think if you're interested in, in personal freedom, it's the way to go. I like the idea that you're sort of in charge of your life, and mm-hmm. most most people like that part. But then when you tell them the flip side is, and then you're responsible for getting yourself back out of trouble, that's when, when a lot of people think like, oh, I don't know if I like that part as much. Well, yeah, I mean, it, but it's it's uh, 
from what I've from what I've seen, like the left or most, like a lot that like, and, and the reason why I bring this up, and since you're a comedian, is because, mm-hmm. um, you know, me personally, you know, I I wore the Hillary for prison shirts, like while I do open mics here in New York, and and it kind of gave me a bad reputation because people are like, sure. oh, you you hate you hate women, you're a racist, and. I don't know if you've seen a picture of me, but uh, white supremacist I cannot be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, actually, the way I heard about you was that uh, mm. I, I don't get into the the Facebook and Twitter back and forth stuff like that. But there's, it's really hard to avoid it these days. Mm. And I saw some thread where people were talking about uh, what a troublemaker you were. And then I read your comments and I thought, oh, this guy actually sounds pretty reasonable to me. <laughs> so it, it was unusual in that. It just seems strange to me that if someone disagrees with the the prevailing uh, current opinion, they go directly to your all these terrible things. You're a Nazi. You're a yeah. racist. You're a misogynist. So they don't even they don't even warm up with a few little uh, things in between. They, they and they give you all of them, no matter what it is you said. Yeah, I mean that's like I I did I did the proud boy thing. Um, yeah, I did. I, I'm second degree proud boy, and. I know it started off as a joke, but there there's certain aspects of it that, you know, that that I truly believe in as far as masculinity is concerned. Because mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that masculinity is being attacked, especially when you got male rompers. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, OK, like, OK, be gay, wear male rompers. I don't care. But it's it's um, what I don't like about it is if you don't like it. Um, you're somehow bigoted. Yeah, well, those you see stuff like that. That's not even that's not even gay. Gay men wouldn't even they're they're too masculine to mm-hmm. do that. The the romper that's designed for a man who has no penis. It's the removing <laughs> of the male genitalia, and and coming up with the article of clothing that sort of highlights that. Um, yeah, it's it's not a good thing that's happening now because mm-hmm. what they're doing is there's you know there's male energy, there's female energy, and 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 we both need that to get along. Right and. I think it's a shame because you, when you turn men away like this, what what they're doing is they're really not going for the men who are causing the problems. They're going for the men who will listen to them, and those are not the men who are causing the trouble. Those are men who care about women, and and what they're doing is they're they're really taking it out on them when they're not the source of any of the problems. Yeah, I mean, look, I I care about women. I'm not the type of guy that will uh, catcall a woman on the street or like I'm aware. Of 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 the optics, like mm-hmm. if I approach someone, how creepy that would look. I'm I'm aware. Um, what I don't what well when I when it pertains to like the comedy community is like, like let's say I make an off color joke. It's like, you know, when when we're around comics, other comics is like you're experimenting to see yeah. what works, and especially on Facebook, a lot of times on Facebook I'm experimenting. And, you know, you have other comics that take it seriously and they unfriend you. And it's like, really? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's strange how that's that's not just something that's entered into comedy. It's part of comedy. Now, there are people who call themselves comedians, but they just want to talk about how woke they are and about privilege and stuff. And and the issue I have with it is that it's just mm. not funny. To me, you can make a joke about anything as long as it's funny. Yeah. And these these sort of uh, comedy routines that are just based around really obvious stuff and getting applause breaks because people agree with you. Mm. To me, that has nothing to do with with humor, making people laugh. I would rather someone takes a, a position that I disagree with, but if the joke is so good, I have no choice but yeah. to laugh. To me, that's good comedy. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I I I love Bill Hicks. I loved everything he does he he would probably tear uh um oh goodness what's our president say trump a new one mm. but it would be so fantastic though yeah like, yeah i always think of uh the late great greg geraldo who just mm-hmm. he was so smart that even if you didn't agree with him you still laughed because mm-hmm. the joke was that good and now uh it, i don't know it just strikes me so strange that people say well you can't make a joke about this and now it's like you can't even talk about something and you can't even we've got people getting losing their businesses because they're white and they try to run a taco business i mean it's it's insanity yeah like everything's a microaggression i mean 
But the yeah, th- when you're worried about microaggressions, it yeah. means you don't you're not dealing with macroaggressions. Yeah. You've got it relatively good. Yeah. I mean, the, but the thing is, these like these new like language policing rules, they're selectively enforced. Sure. Like again, you know, in in the in the open mic community, uh, if you make a black joke, if you make a woman joke, if you make a Jew joke, or anything else, that's that's you know that's off the table. But yeah. I've been, as a Puerto Rican, I've been at some many open mics, and I've heard racist Puerto Rican jokes, and sure. I'm like, I'm like, okay, should I be offended? Because honestly, I'm not. It the joke's not funny. Mm. It's like okay, oh well, you like um, one comic I remember made the made the stereotypical joke where, uh, oh he was he was a fifteen year old grandfather. Yeah, I mean that's pretty well traveled. To me, it's more offensive that they're just using such an such an overdone premise. But me, I get up there and as someone who has been falsely accused of rape. Uh, mm. Been cheated on. Uh, I make a joke saying, "Hey, um, I think it's wrong to call a woman a bitch because female dogs are loyal." <gasps> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely you have to have an awareness that a, a joke doesn't have to be. Now that is that's that's not a nice thing to say, but that's <laughs> irrelevant when it comes to a joke. Yeah, I did a show in in San Francisco mm-hmm. uh, in January for this uh, taping for CISO. And it was so funny. Well, it wasn't funny at the time, but the set that I put together and ran in New York and was really doing well out here that I nearly got booed off stage for a couple of jokes. And it was shocking to me mm-hmm. that these people came to a comedy show uh, looking to get upset. It, it just and, – and there are people who – I don't understand why you go somewhere to have a bad time. But I do a, a joke about dating online and about how you know, men lie about their height and women lie about their size. And the premise of the joke is, well, actually, white women lie about their size. Black women can't wait to tell you how huge they are, and she'll have a screen name like Too Thick For You. And <laughs> as I start the joke, a, a white woman in back yells, you're a racist. And she yelled it like she was winning a contest because she was the first person to yell something out. And I ignored her. I finished the set. And afterwards, um, three black guys who worked at the venue came up to me, and they were like, well, we thought that was really funny. We don't know what her problem was. Yeah. And I said, yeah, of course it's funny. It's a joke. You're at a comedy show. You're not there. You're not there to be to to win a little gold award because you're the first one to say, "Oh, someone said a word that I think I might be able to." I'm the most woke person in the room. It's yeah. it's bullshit. Yeah, I and you you touched upon a good point. It's uh, it's it's the term virtue signaling. Yeah, that's that's becoming popular, and it's not that these people feel like they they are truly offended. They 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 want to feel. Like they they're they're accomplishing something that they oh I'm not racist look at me, and yeah. it kind of reminds me of what uh, Jim Norton said uh, on O and A like a few years ago that these people uh, a lot of people that get offended they're not really offended they just want to feel important. Sure, yeah, that's why it's important to be the one with the hottest take, the the first one. To call this whole idea too, like mm-hmm. calling someone out. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you have anything better to do? Like, if someone's if there's a TV show that I I don't care for the content, I don't watch it. Mm-hmm. I have many other options. It's... I don't feel the need to to get people fired. I don't know this this impulse of like someone said or did something I don't like, so they have to get fired. They have to lose their livelihood. They have to be humiliated. They have to be marched to the street. I just don't understand even the desire to do that. It's so alien to anything that I want to want to do. Yeah, it's like everyone, if you do something that uh, goes against whatever fad or whatever, they want to, like, strip you down like Cersei in Game of Thrones and shame you. Yeah, you have to be March of the Streets. And to I guess to me, I, I, I disagree with almost everybody. So I right. never felt like this need to to constantly be stating it. I. I I don't know. It just seems to me like a, such a strange use of your energy to be only someone who complains and tears things down. And you know that you know, it's not to say that there's not inequities in, in society. And I, mm. of course, I'm not that naive. But 
this is the way you're going to deal with them. Again, like we mentioned, the microaggressions. If you're focused on microaggressions, you're really a person just looking for things to complain about because they've gotten to the point where if you acknowledge someone, you're patronizing. If you don't acknowledge them, you're othering them. If you make any an assumption about uh, anything that they're doing, well, then you're – you're labeling them, but if you don't acknowledge the, it's just it's it's a game that they're playing, and I don't like that they're playing a game with language because I love language. Yeah. Language, it it language is designed to bring people together, and they're using it to separate people to tear us apart. Yeah, it's gotten to the point that you can't even discuss if there's a problem. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like. I don't. I don't know if you you've read the Bible. I I grew up a Jehovah's Witness, so okay. Um, like it, it just like this type of thing reminds me of how Jesus had to deal with the Pharisees. Yeah, and how the Pharisees had rules on top of the rules to protect the rules. It's uh, yeah. yeah, and they lost sight of what the big picture was. Yes. I mean, and that's what, and that's what I see a lot of these people. You can't. Oh, you, you've gotten, you've gotten close, not even to the line, but you've gotten close to like the warning track. You, you, you said, uh, you, you. It's gotten to the point where, it, like, you said the word "the" a certain <laughs> way, and that means you, you uh, have a thing against the indigenous people of of uh, the pygmies of Africa, and it's like, wait, what? Yeah. It, it's yeah. really that ridiculous to me. Yeah, and even like some of the arguments now about cultural appropriation mm -hmm. where you couldn't uh, – before you got in trouble because you weren't acknowledging people's culture. Mm -hmm. But now if you do acknowledge it, it it's cultural appropriation or it's uh, pandering or – yeah, there's no way to there's no way to win it. So the best way to, no. to do it is just don't play the game, which is what I, – I try to avoid it. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't let those people rile me up. You know, I got I got into it with a, a comic just the other day where, mm. you know, it's so funny that I get put in this position of having to defend Donald Trump. Uh, you know, the guy's obnoxious, but he's the president. And the, to me, there's so many things about him that you can legitimately criticize that you don't need to make stuff up. To me, it's like making making up complaints about Donald Trump. It's like bringing your own food to the old country buffet. Mm -hmm. He's provided plenty for you to work with. But this going on and on about Nazis are going to take – it's like Nazis. He's got his daughter converted to Judaism. His son-in-law is Jewish. You're talking nonsense. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean – like look, there's certain things that I don't agree with with Trump on uh, – you know, as a libertarian. Yeah. And, you know, like get them on real issues, not focus on – like it's like a lot of double speak it uh, well double think mm. like uh comey says that we didn't find any any uh, anything um russia a russia trump link yet they're still yet they're still on this whole trump uh russia thing yeah and if you recall at the last presidential debates when mitt romney said to to barack obama that russia was our number one geopolitical threat he made fun of him he mocked him for saying that so yeah, the idea that you, it, it's this magical thinking where people can have two completely different opinions at the same time, that Comey was terrible for releasing the statement on Hillary before the election, and he should have been fired, but not fired by Trump. That was a bad thing. It, right. It's just it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's like, what do you, what do you want? Yeah. Also, what's if you really expand the – so Trump is a Russian agent. So what was the deep plan here that, okay – we're going to get a, a a billionaire. He's going to have a TV show for 15 years, and that's really going to set things up for him to sweep. Oh, come, the Russians didn't think he was going to win the presidency either. No one predicted that except for a, a handful of people, and except Al for um, Ann Coulter and Tom Shalhoub as far as I know. And Alex Jones. And Al Well, Alex, Alex Jones, I don't know if you were to add up all his predictions, <laughs> what his, his overall success rate would be, but you, you're right there. The the answer to 1984 is 1995. If you buy my DVD from Info the Infowars store, oh goodness, do you do you listen to it? like I I stopped listening to him like years ago. Mm. Uh, you know when it was when you know because I'm I'm into conspiracy. You yeah, know? I like I like hearing about Harp and and the New World Order and stuff like that. But then 
Then it went from, you know, 9-11 was an inside job to like, oh, now these damn hajis. Like, wait, what? Wait, wait. I thought we were, I thought we were okay with, with, with Muslims. Yeah. Like, what, what happened? Yeah. I can, I can only take him in small doses because then it becomes, all right, am I watching political theater here or am I actually trying to get an alternative viewpoint? Yeah. Uh, the, the problem I have with conspiracy theories is mm. that a lot of conspiracy theorists, they believe every conspiracy theory, which to me is they're just, they're just choosing to live in an alter, in alternate reality. And, mm. and I've had people do, do this thing where they explain to you how all the dots connect and by the time they're done – you're just looking at them like so. So you mean Bigfoot shot JFK? Like you're not? You've connected too many dots. No, uh, Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot doesn't have the aim. It was the. <laughs> yeah. It was the um. Uh, uh, God damn the lizards. Oh, the lizard, lizard people. people. Yeah, I mean that's. But you know what? I have to say this. Uh, after Trump winning the election and and all the stuff that we now know has happened. You kind of can't act like conspiracy theory people are as nutty. You know, you used to be able to say, come on, nothing like that's going on. And you're like, geez, what's going on with the deep state and the fact that, mm -hmm. you know, I still – there are times where I'm at Fox News and I go up and I make my little comments and my little jokes. And when I'm leaving and I'll hear on a monitor someone say President Trump and I'll just start laughing because I'm like, I can't believe the motherfucker won. Honestly, to tell you the truth, it, it kind of inspired me. It's kind of inspiring if you think about it because mm. he had the Democrats and the Republicans after him. He and the media. And he the beat me all of them. And the, yeah, and the media. Having said what he said, being mis purposely misquoted mm. by the media, and he still won. Yeah. Like if that if that doesn't if that's not inspiring whether you like him or not, that no matter how much of the odds are stacked against you? Not only can you win, you can embarrass all your enemies. <laughs> yeah, I'm like this dude. This dude really just went in, and like, 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 uh, oh goodness, like, like Optimus Prime in <laughs> in Transformers Two is like, I'll take you all on. I don't know if you remember that scene that he he's fighting all the Decepticons by himself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because without you know without everybody, Sam Whitwick, everybody likes to say that he didn't know what he was doing, but at this point, as reckless as he is, it can't all be luck because if you look back mm -hmm. to even things he was quoted in saying in interviews years ago, mm -hmm. where he had a plan, and when you look at it, you had a weak Republican feel, you had a, a, a terrible Democratic candidate. And the time was right for him to make a move. Yeah. And, you know, again, I remember being in the people, people talk about conservatives. and all, I, I, I don't work for Fox News, but I've been in the building and, and nobody thought he was going to win. No, he, Donald Trump is not a Republican. He's not a conservative. He's he's pretty much a New York liberal who's wealthy. Mm -hmm. And and I say liberal in the classic sense of do whatever you want kind of liberal. Yeah. Um, and then it was very weird, like right before the election, to hear people in the Fox building saying, you know, I, I, we would sort of hear these little hushed conversations. And I remember talking to another comic about it saying, so what do you think? Like, you think he could win? And then when he pulled it off, like now it, it all sort of makes sense. But mm. I wasn't even going to watch the returns on election night because I just it just was making me sick to my stomach. And then around 8 p.m., I checked my Twitter account and I was like, whoa. What's going on here? And I watched the results come in, not on the news channels, but I watched them on Kumia's network. Mm -hmm. And just to see those guys, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, I mean, I was I was ecstatic, to tell you the truth, because, I mean, it, I was a never Hillary. Uh, yeah, she's an awful person. Especially, I mean, even before the emails, it, it was like, don't you people know what she did in Benghazi? Yeah. Like she got people killed, and and that doesn't, and then she says how, and then was in a congressional hearing, why does that even matter at this point? Like wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? You got men killed. You got you had you had an ambassador getting dragged through the streets, and that doesn't matter. Yeah, even when she said to some of the the parents and families of the soldiers and we're going to get that youtube filmmaker and they were like what are you talking about that is not and, and of course at the time she said that she knew that's not what the cause of the attack was was some mm -hmm. stupid video uh yeah to me hillary clinton is so interesting because she has all of the the naked ambition and criminal drive of her husband and none of the charisma 
Because the thing with Bill Clinton was that mm-hmm. even if you didn't like him, ah, oh, Bubba would get you, and you'd say, ah, he, he really pulled it off this time. And she's just she's just incompetent. I mean, at least he was a policy wonk. At least he got shit done. But she's just a, she's just a colossal failure. And uh, you know, I you make a case she's been trying to run a criminal enterprise all this these yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, and then all this dirt comes out, and I'm still with her. I'm still with her. And it's like, not, it, it, so, so her intention just didn't matter. It's just that you want to, you want to make history because she's a woman. And I was, and, and I, and the few women I talked to, free com- mm-hmm. comedian women I talked to, I asked them this question. Have you ever heard of Cynthia McKinney? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, who's that? You know, she ran for president under the Green Party. Yeah. I never heard of her. Well, she was on the ballot. Yeah, I think Jill Stein's, this is not her first campaign, I think. Yeah, no. No, I don't so, think so. But, I mean, Jill Stein, I mean, uh, especially afterwards, she when she wanted a recount not to. Yeah. Like, okay, you, you raised all, like, first of all, what happened to all that money she raised? Um, yeah. She raised more money for the the recount than she did for her entire campaign. Yeah, I mean, what it, it, like, and and I keep like, and I'm just gonna keep like harping on how how comics mm-hmm. are are viewing this is like, you don't like I I have a I have a god sister that she was a uh, um not a candidate uh 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 she was a uh, um. Oh, how am I forgetting this word? Um, a delegate. She was a delegate oh, okay. for the Democratic National Convention, but mm-hmm. she was a Bernie Sanders delegate. Um, she was telling me how a lot of the Hillary supporters mm-hmm. were beating up um, Bernie Sanders supporters. In fact, my you know. Uh, in fact, my my sister is is black, and she was with a lot of other black delegates, and they were doing racist shit to her. They were saying racist things to her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and look what and look what they did to Bernie Sanders. I I don't I personally don't like Bernie Sanders, but if if he would if they didn't meddle, yeah, he would have won the nomination. Yeah, even with the um. The CNN questions. I mean, it's stuff like that that you want to make up conspiracy theories about Trump. But you had uh, Donna Brazil, uh, is her name Brazil? Brazil, yeah. uh, providing questions to Hillary beforehand in the debate, and you also have the Attorney General meeting with Bill Clinton on the tarmac, like when, when his wife's under investigation. It's like this. This is important shit. You don't just act like this is something you discard, but. Hey, you know what? If people – if you want to vote for a candidate because they appeal to you in some sort of demogra- demographic way, go right ahead. But then that's how you end up with a President Trump. Yeah. I mean you see it. I see it. It's like anybody could see it clearly, yet yeah. uh, you know, in, in comics, like especially in New York, I don't know any anywhere else, uh, they'll, they, they feel like they're enlightened when they're making Trump jokes. Yeah, and and the jokes are so, they're just not good jokes. They're so obvious, and they're so cliched. Like I said, I'll laugh at anything if it's a good joke. I don't really, I don't, I don't put any sort of ideology in it. I mean, any political stuff that I do when I'm in the clubs, I, I try to shit on everyone equally because yeah. I think that they're they're worthy of it for the most part. But you know, it reminds me of uh, back when George W. was president. I was at. Um, an open mic at the Village Lantern downtown. Mm-hmm. And some comic went up and he goes, you know, I know it's not really cool to say this now, but I think George Bush is a real asshole. And everyone, everyone in the room started applauding. And I was like, ooh, look at you taking a risk. Mm-hmm. T- taking a shot at W. Bush in the in the West Village. Like, so, like well, you're a coward. Yeah, me, me. I'll wear a MAGA hat and my Hillary for Prison shirt in the West Village. I've done it. And... But the funny thing is, no one dares say anything to me because I, I, because mm. because my face is brown. <laughs> you probably confuse them so much. Yeah, they do. They they look at my hat. They give my hat a dirty look, and then they look at my face and like, wait, wait, what? Yeah, I because I was at the like a few weeks ago. I was at the May Day rally, uh, with <laughs> with, with the Proud Boys. I mean, you probably saw the video of me falling yeah. on my ass. 
because uh, we marched right into uh, Union Square, mm. and we got pushed out, which was fun, by the way. I wasn't even scared, but uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, a lot of the Latinos they were looking at me, but but you're Hispanic. Yeah, and I'm like, don't be racist. <laughs> don't be racist. I get that's I, good. That's I, good to confuse people. Yeah. I mean, and oh, especially white women when they, when I'm on the L train, they'll they'll like look at me, they'll look at my hat, they'll look at my shirt, and they'll like roll their eyes, but really look, they'll they'll look upset and then look back at me. It's like, what? yeah, I wonder what they think. I wonder if some of them think you're you're being a wise ass, that you're being ironic, or that. Maybe because you're Hispanic, they think that maybe you don't speak English and you don't know what your hat says. Yeah. Like, who knows what sort of absurd preconceived notions are going through their heads? Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's like, oh, you're not supposed to think like that because you, you're a certain type of person. I just – it's just fun triggering these people. Like It how, is. It's like how easily triggered you are. Like you know, you know what pisses me off. You know what offends me. Uh, you know, whenever I hear a a child got raped, that's that's what pisses yeah. me off. That's, that's yeah. That to me is another weird uh, aspect of the left is that they're so willing to to tear down Western culture, which, for all its flaws, really is the most enlightened, successful culture the world has ever seen. Yes, it, it's. You know, and I think we've gotten spoiled and soft in that way that we just sort of take it for granted that uh, women have equal rights and that gays are allowed to be openly gay. Like these are very new concepts in the history of humanity. Mm -hmm. And and the way you can tell is if you you go around the west of the world, those are just not values and ideas that that a lot of people share. But because we've gotten used to them, you know, they, they don't realize that those are values that were hard fought. That those were values that a lot of people had to sacrifice and suffer for, and now we're lucky enough that we see them as, as you know, uh, fait accompli. But the rest of the world doesn't see that. And it's it's very easy if they just look around, but they refuse to. Yeah, I mean, I was I was having a talk with my, one of my good friends like before the show, and it's like the information is out there. It doesn't take that much to to do yeah. the research. Um, there there are a lot of comics that that uh, well. In fact, I'm well. I'm not gonna name her name, but she <laughs> she uh she took a picture of me during the May Day rally, and and tried to say that I was throwing up Nazi signals. Ugh, God. And I'm like, you don't have you don't even have a picture nor video of me doing it because I wasn't doing it. Mm. But you have. But these people just they'll just believe it, and be like, oh, Louis B's a Nazi. Yeah, I mean, it, it used yeah. to mean something when you call someone a Nazi. You know, it used to mean like some good like Raiders of Lost Ark shit. Now, now you're a Nazi for any reason because yeah. you, you slightest disagreement. It's uh, it's unfair to Nazis, yeah. <laughs> but it's unfair to to just immediately go to that because someone disagrees with you. Now they're the absolute worst person on earth. It, it, to me, it shows a real immaturity in that person's mind yeah. that they can't handle any. You know, this, this is a funny thing. Before the election, the only thing I put up was I, I put up a tweet that said, "Just remember, there are." Decent, honest people who disagree with you, and mm-hmm. there are people who agree with you who are real assholes. And of course, the night before the election, everyone was like, "Oh, because they all thought Hillary was going to win." Exactly. They all thought like that. Yes, that'll keep those ruffians in line. And then um, the same people who clicked love on that the next day were calling for armed insurrection. And you know, it's like, what, 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 what happened to your must respect the results and all? Like to me, that was so funny the way oh, Trump yeah. handled that. That when Hillary said, they try to catch him in these traps and he just won't play along it's fascinating the idea that will you accept the results they were kind of saying like when you lose will you accept the results and he wouldn't take that he wouldn't frame it that way he wouldn't accept the frame facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online that's because they've invested 13 billion dollars in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years it's working in just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. 
Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll. Of I'm going to lose. Mm-hmm. Which is what they're all – I saw – it was right after the election. It was hilarious. Uh, Kellyanne Conway was on Anderson Cooper, and you know, all of his questions were pretty much of the variety of do you still beat your wife where you can't give an answer that's not going to lead you into a, a, a pit. you know. And she just wouldn't play, and it was so funny to watch someone who's an official spokesman shut somebody down like that. Nah. Yeah. So in, in, that, in that regard, I, I give – for all this chaos, I mean, I heard it described pretty well the other day. I was listening to um, Sam Harris' podcast. He was mm-hmm. interviewing Charles Murray. And Charles Murray said that you, didn't, you don't understand what Trump represents the people who voted for him. And he represents the weapon that brought down Hillary Clinton. And that's what, that's what his success and his value really is. And when you look at it that way, it starts to make a lot more sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, the reason why I voted for him, like partly because, A, I liked his tax plan. Mm-hmm. Um, my 401k got a bump up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and they said the markets were going to crash after he got elected, and of course they're doing they're doing great. Yeah. Um, I it, it's it's um. I also like the fact that he he sign uh signified the fact that speech would be free again. This this people yeah. will stop being so overly sensitive, and and stop expecting that America needs to constantly be groveling and apologizing and deferring to the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean he's you know he's a cartoonish character. Again, mm-hmm. I, I'm not for the most part I'm not a fan of him as a ma- as the man as the person. And I have legitimate gripes with some of the things that he is planned to do. But you know a lot of where a lot of libertarians mm-hmm. lose me is. On the open borders, like I, I'm not thrilled with that. Um, really, I, I they're, think... they're, they're libertarians that are for open borders. Yeah, that's a big libertarian thing. Is a free movement of goods and people uh, almost without any restrictions, and that's that's where they lose me. Well, are, are you sure it's not uh, pertaining towards like business? I mean, doing business. Like, why should the government uh, care if you do business with someone in Mexico? Oh no, I don't think it's about that. I think it's actually the the moving of people from one place to another for you know to pursue work and things yeah, like that. Yeah. I um, mean, which I mean, I'm not against that, but I certainly think that a country has a right to determine how that happens. You know, the right yeah. any community has a right to determine if if you're if you're a government mm-hmm. or a leader who who isn't working to protect the people, you're kind of useless. Then I mean, that's sort of the first responsibility is to is to protect your home. And I don't think that's unreasonable to to expect that from our leaders. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, according to Ron Paul, that's one of the that's like as a I guess a constitutional libertarian. Mm. I mean, you 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 have locks on your door. You you well in certain states you have a gun to defend your own property. Why why isn't it not different where the government's responsibility is to protect the people that they they uh, have secure borders? Yeah, that's where I think it goes back to personal rights and property rights. They're the foundation of a free society. Mm-hmm. If you don't have those, then people are at the mercy of the government and, and criminal elements, and, and you just you can't build a society unless you know it starts with the individual. You protect yourself, and you protect your family, and then you protect your community, and then you protect you know, and it fans out from there. So, I, I think that in a way is that that's a good thing, and that's I think that's my main break with the Libertarian Party, and that mm. they they don't you know, a lot of things in Libertarian Party they just they they want complete freedom and no restrictions for anything, and that's. The, the immigration thing is where I I break away from them. And, of course, I'm making a, a, a distinction yeah. between legal and illegal immigration. Right. I mean, it's – it's um, I mean, the borders are there to protect us, not just from illegal immigrants, but, you know, the past – you know, if, if we just allow people to come willy-nilly into this country, it's – let's just forget about MS-13. Let's forget – Yeah. Let's – 
like, oh, well, you got gangsters, they're, they're bad hombres. Let's just forget about that. Mm-hmm. How's about uh, it prevents pandemics from happening? Oh, yeah, from, from countries where they don't have any sort of uh, inoculations. and Or even for people who, you know, if, if someone comes from a culture where they have values that are just... And if someone's coming from a culture where they believe that gay people should be murdered for being gay, I don't really see why we have to accommodate that value. If someone believes that women uh, – it's a responsibility to perform genital mutilation on a woman, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really care what your color is or what you call it. Like, it's those specific things. Like we, we don't need that here. It's, it's antithetical to our values. Yeah, and, and, you know, and you have these feminists that are so worried about – Trump said grab him by the pussy when the full quote is when you're rich and famous they let you. Yeah. Uh but they don't they they stay shut when in in Africa they still practice clitoral circumcision. Yeah. Which to me is barbaric and now and now what in in uh Michigan they uh they're legalizing it there. Well, I know that they just arrested some doctors and they they said they have the police have a very hard time building the cases against them when that happens because people in the community don't want to speak out against it. Like for the, for women here that are are so afraid of being slut shamed, like yeah. why why is this okay here? Like okay yeah it, you know you don't want to talk about how bad people do it like how bad other cultures are in their own countries, you know I don't like it. But at the end of the day, is it my business? No. Well, I think you have to have some sort of prioritizing or, you know, we're going to act like in the United States, we're arguing over people decorating cakes and in Iran, they're hanging gay people from scaffolding. Like you have to see some difference in degree between those two things. I mean, I I couldn't give a damn if if you want to. If you don't want to make a cake for a gay person, I don't. I could give a damn if if you're gay. I could give it. Like I would have to care and put all my energy into policing other people's lives. <laughs> and I I really I don't have the time. I don't have the money. And 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 I really just don't have the d- desire. Yeah, I mean, there's a real beauty in the idea of well, that's not any of my business. Yeah. You know, Kermit with his, his iced tea, right? He's right. It's not any of his business. It's not any of my business. Yeah. And and that's – see, this is another problem too is I think we've we've gotten used to making government so powerful and so involved in our day-to-day life that now it's hard to get it out. I mean even the idea that the government should be involved in your health care decisions to me is like there's just no way that's going to work successfully. But you know, now we want the government to protect us from all sorts of perceived slights and someone said something you don't like or they called you by a name you didn't like and the government has to get involved where there used to be other ways of settling these things. Yeah, I mean it's it's like why do people – like it, it, people are so afraid of Nazis yet they don't see that they're being authoritarian themselves oh yeah because it's easy to say it's okay to punch a nazi and then you just call everyone a nazi (laughs) you know it really lets you off the hook and you know and and nazis and the ku klux klan sure disgusting ideologies Mm -hmm. nothing to to take lightly but they're not a problem in the united states what's a real problem united states is the slaughter that's going on in chicago on a on a weekly basis yeah I mean, what they, uh, I forgot the numbers. It was like, what, 4,000 shootings? Yeah, they had a hot weekend because it was a holiday weekend. And they, it's just, it's, it's really an abomination what happens. But, you know, a, again, people don't want to, you, you can't solve problems if you can't identify the problem. And that's another, another concern with this policing of language we have here mm. is that someone could have a legitimate factual issue they're trying to bring up. But people say, no, well, you can't bring that up because you are a certain uh, color or your certain um, gender orientation or anything like that. And to me, it's like, well, that doesn't change the truth of what the person says. But in some ways, it's a war on the idea of, of what truth means. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if like, uh, like, look, I'm not trying to, like, tell people what to say. Like, I like, like you said, you don't agree with a lot of what other comics say. But uh, like, I bring this up because this is like breaking today. The whole Kathy Griffin thing. <laughs> yeah. Like she, she's taking a pic for people that don't know that are listening. She took a picture of a, um, a, a decapitated uh, Donald Trump head in ethergy 
like bleeding and stuff, just just holding it up. Um, you know, she she I guess she got a ton of backlash, and now she she was like apologizing, but she she kind of but at the same time she kind of didn't because she's like, well, it's art. Well, uh, by the way, if you go to my Twitter account, I put up a picture where I swapped the faces. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, just for my own amusement. Um, yeah, you know, in general, I don't know. I feel like I watched the apology, which I was surprised that she apologized. Yeah. Because I, I don't see how expressing anti-Trump opinions, I don't see how that has a negative effect on someone's show business career. Yeah. Um, by the way, so if... pro-Trump, pro-Trump opinions, like Tim Allen, get yeah. your show canceled. Um, but, you know, again, it's the lameness of the imagery. And also, yeah. we're at a time where the real bad guys are actually cutting off people's heads and joyfully displaying them. Yeah. That's the real world we live in. So if you want to have your art and this is the way you must express yourself, you know, I, I'm glad Congress is making no law to prohibit you from doing that. But right. let's let's be honest here that the real bad guys are cutting off heads they are soaked in blood and they are displaying them proudly let's let's not forget that yeah i mean but you know but here's the thing though do i believe kathy griffin should lose her job for to do uh for for doing this no do am i am i particularly offended by this imagery nah like i don't care it's like well well, when you say lose her job um well as 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 decided by who well, I mean the same way the same way they uh they people will ha- like have um sponsors pull out of shows yeah. uh they'll they'll boycott or they'll 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 rabble rabble until mm-hmm. the a corporations cave. Yeah, um, I don't know if I always have a problem with that because I think you certainly can vote with your dollar, just as you can vote with your feet. If you don't like the way things are in a certain place, and you can leave. You oh yeah, no, by all means, by all means. But yeah. it's like, um, I would be more upset if if someone were to lose a job because of threats to their personal safety. That to me is a problem. But if someone and no one's under any obligation to employ you, which yeah. I know, right, seems like kind of a drag that you could you could lose your job for that. But at this point, I guess because I guess because being a comic. I'm just so much more aware of if I say something someone doesn't enjoy, I just – they don't hire me anymore. So I'm a little bit closer to that as, as opposed to people who have more normal jobs where you know, they, they tweet something from a private account and then they come into their corporate job and the next day they tell them they're fired. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess to me I don't mind it as much as long as there's no coercion and there's no involvement of the state. Um, but then again, I don't, I don't know who, who would be – who would Kathy Griffin be pissing off that they would lose money from? I don't. I don't see that happening. Right. I, mean, I, I think. She, I think she, it may be um... one of those things where they get the best of both worlds. They have the shocking image. They they get all the love from the people who think that's a cool thing to do, mm-hmm. and then they do an apology and they sort of cover their asses that way. I mean, I'm not saying that's what happened in this case, but I wouldn't be surprised. So, which kind of brings me to my next question. Like in this in this political climate, how do you as a comedian navigate language while still being true to your to yourself to your art and, and you know w- without mm-hmm. feeling like you're 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 like the McDonald's of comedy well, I look at it this way I, you know I'm a professional and I try to treat things as a professional mm-hmm. before I did this I was an, an advertising writer and I did journalism and I did stuff like that and I just was used to taking a creative skill which in that case was writing mm-hmm. and applying it the way someone hired me to apply it if someone had ever if someone ever asked me like I would never go somewhere and say something I didn't agree with like someone if someone booked me to do an event for uh, you know, the Communist Party of the United States, or, mm-hmm. I would decline. I just wouldn't take the gig. I wouldn't right. say, well, I got to eat. I just would, I would make that a sacrifice on my own. But for me, I look at it this way. Like when I do family resorts, I don't curse and I talk about stuff that's appropriate for them because that's that's the conversation I would have with those people. And I want to respect the people who hired me. Mm-hmm. Now, when I'm in a comedy club and I can kind of say more whatever comes to my mind, um, I don't worry about it as much. I mean, I feel like, I don't know, it's been my experience that the things people get bent about, 
they're very rarely the things I thought they would. It's always something where they come up and I'm like, really, that's that's what pissed you off? Because a lot of times I feel like they don't even get the joke because there's, there's a lack of understanding that you see in some people that they don't get that a joke about something doesn't mean you think that thing itself is funny. So if you tell a joke where part of the joke is about cancer, they're not sophisticated enough to understand that you don't think cancer itself is funny. That's like if someone says that to you and you ask, well, did you enjoy the movie Titanic? Oh, or do you, or do you enjoy the idea of people dying in a boat accident? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's a created work about that topic. And we've all heard comics who rather elegantly handled jokes about death and loss and things like that. It, it gives it a richness to it. Now, there's a lot of bad comics making bad jokes and just being obnoxious, but hey, that's, you know, that overall, that's the cost of doing business. You have to let them do that to get the good stuff. Right. And, and you know, and as someone that's been called obnoxious, an obnoxious comic, <laughs> like, I'm just trying to, like, figure out what my voice is. I'm still mm-hmm. testing stuff out. And it, it's, like, it really seems like, like, especially in this community, unless you are perfect right off the bat, yeah, you get shunned like fast, and and it's like either either people will start making up stuff about you. Or, yeah, and it's just it just amazes me. I've never expected this because I grew up like, I mean, I I grew up you know always wanting to be a comic, wanting to tell yeah. jokes, and the comics that I loved were. Mostly the comics that were on cringehumor.net or yeah. or on Opie and Ant. Like, I grew up listening to O&A. Mm. Like, uh, you know, I, I discovered them when I was in junior high. I listened to them until yeah. they got fired the first time. And then when <laughs> they com- came back and they, they, you know, Jim Norton came on and, and all these other comics. And the jokes that they made, I, I found hilarious. Like, uh, you know, borderline racist jokes well those are jokes that there's something extra to them because they tap into something the idea of a taboo or unspoken ideas where it's that cool kind of laugh where people laugh before they can stop themselves yeah and it's not easy to do i mean we've all seen lesser skilled comics who think it's just about just being i mean anybody can go up and say something gross there's no skill to that right but yeah the, the comics who who do that that cringe type stuff well it's good because it taps into some sort of raw emotion and i think that's great i mean it's not it's not really what i do but hey mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways to be funny i mean i i love brian regan and i mm-hmm. love dave Chappelle and i love maria bamford like yeah. there's a million different ways to be funny but you just have to find a way to make it funny i mean the joke that dave met, dave wrote i mean i would i would kill to be able to write like dave dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. i mean that one joke he did where he's talking about how black people through history had it bad and and all this stuff was happening, all this tumultuous stuff was happening through history, and the punchline is like, and during all that time, Bill Bill uh, Bill uh, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Bill Cosby was rake, raping bitches. I'm like, what? <laughs> and even yep. and and you could tell how good that joke is because I didn't even say it correctly. Yeah, I didn't even do the whole. Set up. I don't know it word for word. I, you know, I, I'm gonna probably memorize it, but you still, it still gotta laugh. Yeah. Well, people forget that the stuff that's going on now with Bill Cosby, we wouldn't even be seeing that if it hadn't been for Hannibal Burris making jokes about it on stage a couple of years ago. Exactly. Because all that shit about Cosby was known, and and it wasn't going anywhere. So you had him make his couple of jokes. It got the word out, and people said, hey, maybe we should take another look at this. So if you're someone who says, well, you can't talk about this and you can't talk about that, then that means Hannibal Burris can't make that joke, and now all these cases uh, against Cosby don't proceed. Mm-hmm. So does that mean Hannibal Burris thought it was funny that Bill Cosby was raping women? Absolutely not. If you think that, you're, you're just a thick, dumb person. There's oh, yeah. nothing that can be said to help you out. Yeah. But that's where a comic talking about an uncomfortable topic in a controversial, if you will, way, and it was also very funny, he affected a real social change. I mean, the the, uh, the way I took the joke was that how ridiculous is Mr. Huxtable out there raping people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, I, I got it. It's like, why, like, 
how come? Why do you think that people are on like besides besides wanting to be self-important, virtue signal, all that? Why do you think people just love to be offended and love to like um like just make a cause out of something and yeah and and blow things out of proportion? Uh, I blame Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> and I'll oh, tell you why. Okay. Oprah? Because Oprah was one of the first to celebrate victimhood mm. and that being a victim uh, was not uh, – not that being a victim something should be shameful or um, something you need to keep quiet. But they went too far with it where just claiming to be a victim made you special mm-hmm. instead of – it used to be if you were a successful person, you were considered – that was considered good. But then it became – well. Uh, have you sort of continually suffered over and over again? And that in itself made you a virtuous person. Mm-hmm. And that's how you end up with someone like uh, Rachel Dolezal. E- every time I see a headline about Rachel Dolezal, I get excited because I think, what is this nut job up to now? And look what she did. She decided to uh, appropriate a part of black culture mm-hmm. where, you know, as much as we laughed at her, she called in fake hate crimes. And she really did a lot of bad stuff to to negatively impact race relations because she sort of wanted to just get in on the the reaction to the oppression without any of the other parts of being black, which are real. Yeah. She just wanted to cut to the end of the line and say, look at me, I'm being oppressed. Where it was like, well, no. I mean, I had a joke about, you know, she clearly is a woman in blackface. Like when you see her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She just painted herself brown. And I said, I'd like to see her getting pulled over by the cops. She'd be scraping that shit off her face quick. Exactly. I mean, She'd go right back to white privilege. I mean, well, actually, what, let's like really look at the real atrocity of this. She was she was at the NAACP earning over, what, 200 grand a year? Mm. And, you know, she her parents ratted her out. Like what kind of parents do you have to have that you have a two hundred dollar two hundred thousand dollar a year job and your parents rat you out and get you fired? Like I swear to God, if if I was like if I was walking around, you know, pulling my eyelids to the side to look Chinese, <laughs> and I was earning eighty grand a year, my father would be like, "Yeah, his name is Ching Chong Ping Pang Lee." <laughs> That's an interesting that, take make, on it. I don't make know. That money. I, I felt bad for her parents. Like, imagine you you raise a child and you love them and you support them. Or, or I, obviously, I don't know exactly what the home life was. But not only do they reject you as parents, they reject you racially and culturally. They just completely erase you again, like that. My, That's my, nuts. Again, my father, Louis B. Classic. Shout out to him. Uh, he <laughs> he would be like these stupid motherfuckers think you're Chinese and they're giving you money, <laughs> know, right? <laughs> Fuck them. Yeah. Freaking go ahead. Don't claim me, but be sure you remember me on Father's Day. Yeah. Send a, send a card with a check in it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what are you, what yeah, are you I mean, talking about? Part of the joke is that it made me think like maybe the um, the Spokane, Washington double, NAACP gig is not – it's not one of the premier appointments. So they were like, eh, we'll let her take that. We'll go for the job when it's in Atlanta, someplace yeah. fun. But, I mean, and he, and she's not the only one. That, what is this? Uh, Sean um... – yeah, the guy who writes for the Daily News that it's so funny. It's like, is he black? Is he biracial? Or is he just Sean a guy with a, with a fade? Like that's what's so hilarious yeah. about this. No, no, he's a he's a white guy who uh, who claims to be uh, who claims to be <sighs> black, and now he got he got hired by um, the the Young Turks, and it's like like me. I mean. The whole back in the nineties that everyone everyone wanted to be Hispanic, yeah. and and of course I was annoyed because almost every white person was coming to me. Can, can you teach me how to do the macarena? I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jesus! It's like, hey, you got to teach me how to do the macarena. Like, that's not even us. That's I don't know. We we wanted now, we, we wanted to see that, the two old men. Isn't that dead. the most racist thing to think that your culture can be summed up in these so these like outward. I saw a picture of Rachel Dolezal because she does the she does the um, the African hair braiding, mm-hmm. and she had the most gigantic Marge Simpson thing piled up on her head. And I thought, really? So that's what makes you black? Is it like when she went and did? She spoke uh, a couple months ago at a university in South Africa about her black experience, and the Q and A was just people in the audience like, "Are you for real?" Mm-hmm. They thought they were getting punked. 
Like, could it be? Could it be that you know, Rachel Dolezal? She was like, you know, trolling for some black dick, and she like took it too far. I mean, who knows? But there's also um, early in her life, she claimed that she was born in a teepee, so she gave the Native Americans a world. But and it's like, no, that wasn't quite what I was looking for. So I don't know. Maybe we'll eventually we'll see her in a kimono holding a samurai sword or something. She's just gonna she's gonna do like uh, she's like the, it's a small world ride all all unto herself. Yeah, I mean, she she wanted to. Uh, Elizabeth Warren was like, "Nah, bitch, this that this is my thing." <laughs> no, 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 go go with the Africans. Yeah, and Elizabeth Warren said, "Well, she her her proof of Native American ancestry was she had a relative with high cheekbones." It's like, oh come on. <sighs> yeah. Hey, I mean, I guess like, everything that's like means so, everything, nothing means anything. So good that, luck with that. That'd be like someone with no ass saying, uh, what, I'm, Korean? I'm, I'm Hispanic. <laughs> I'm Hispanic because my mom has a fat ace. <laughs> right. Like, come on. Like, yeah. Like, look, my hips don't lie. Yes, they do. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, they do. They are lying right now. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, uh, <laughs> I mean that that kind of a that kind of would upset me, you know, as a Puerto Rican if somebody. But the, then again, you know, I have I have cousins who are who are who could be damn near Aryan, and mm. I got other cousins that look like they just got off the Amistad. Yeah. So, so I can't even I can't even be like I can't even really question. I mean, hell, you could come off as Puerto Rican, say the truth. Well, that's what I always tell people. I say Italians. We've only been white people since the 1970s. Oh yeah, we were greasy Guinea Dago, the olive oil voice types before that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty absurd. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, and but also anybody be... who talks about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned your your case, but if anyone who talks about uh, white people master race and looks at me like. <laughs> You got the wrong guy. I, I'm not the best collection of genetics in the world, too. Ah, stop it! You're you're a good-looking fellow. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't understand how you're single. I I don't. Ah, uh, well, you're very sweet. No Thank homo. You. Um, <laughs> I had to take it back. <laughs> but um, so uh, so do you have anything you want to promote? Yeah, you know, I would say that um, you can go to Joe DeVito Comedy on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I actually uh mentioned to you before we started recording that I'm I'm doing some blogging and I'm you know I'm writing some funny stuff but I'm writing some serious stuff too and that's um I think that's just uh you can get get there through joedevito.com it's a, a WordPress thing I I might change the URL but okay. go to joedevito j o e d e v i t o.com and there's links to everything and uh say hi on Twitter or whatever Oh well, actually this kind of uh this is the last question I guess uh, how annoyed do you get when, like, when you, when people, when people, they know you're a comic and they expect you to, like, be funny all the time? Uh, yeah, it is kind of strange. Well, there's always, I'm sure every comic's heard this where someone says, oh, you're a comic, tell me a joke. It's yeah. almost like they can't stop themselves from saying that. Yeah. And the way I get out of it is I say, well, you have to buy two drinks first. <laughs> and they usually laugh and most importantly change the subject. Exactly. It's it's like uh, you know sometimes you just don't feel on you know what I mean yeah and it's also like when you know I know people can't help themselves but when they say to me so are you related to Danny DeVito it's like they can't stop themselves oh, yeah. the idea that well whoa two, two people have the same last name it's mind blowing to them but I've learned like hey you know if someone says that to me that they're just a person who doesn't have a lot of thoughts so that's yeah. they're gonna waste one of their few thoughts on that and I try to not take it personally. Well, yeah, I mean, me, I had similar because my my real last name is Baez. So, okay. So, I, of course, I got the oh, are you related to Joan Baez? I'm like, <laughs> first of all, she's Mexican. I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> no. <laughs> just yeah. Just stop. It's like, do 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 you ever listen to her songs? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. I'm six. Yeah. I it's like funny. It. There's there's a comic Joe DeRosa who was in New York for many years, yeah. and he and I used to do shows together. And these clubs would be like, uh, how, "How are we going to have you guys in the same show? How are we going to?" It's like, dude, it's it's different names. I mean, there's a couple of the same letters, but get grip. Yeah. Oh, actually, I do love his uh, his bit when he's like he did this uh, one bit on on O and A where he was talking about how you know talking about women about entitled women. Um. 
I guess Google it, but uh, you know, yeah. You know. I like when I, he talks about being adopted, and they people say, "Have you ever gone to look for your birth parents?" And he says, "No, I kind of got the hint." <laughs> <laughs> nice bleak Joe DeRosa joke for you, oh, but don't man. confuse him with me. I think he's Joe DeRosa comedy. I'm Joe DeVito comedy on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, and also, you know, all, all you know, Italians do not look alike. I mean, yeah. You know, oh yeah. Look, yeah. Look at look at you and Ant. <laughs> I know, right? It's just like. I mean, you're you're single. All he does is date crazy chicks. Mm. Yeah. Just... Yep. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm friend. I think I'm friends with one of them on on Facebook. Yeah, I think I am too. I have to be careful. Yeah. She, yeah, <laughs> but she doesn't. doesn't we all... She doesn't listen. <laughs> I know she doesn't listen. <laughs> so, anyways, Joe. Yeah. Um. You know, you're always welcome to come back. Uh, hey, thanks, man. It was really great having you on. It was a great discussion, and and bottom line is, you know, people really need to start getting over themselves and and mm. and, and and allow for experimentation. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a jazz guitar player I loved, a guy named Sonny Chirac, mm-hmm. who did a lot of real noisy exploratory type stuff, and he had a great quote. He said, "An artist cannot be constrained by the limits of good taste." Mm-hmm. So if you're going for it, you got to go for it. Right. All right, Joe. Thanks. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. And if, uh, as always, uh, check out, go to joedevito.com or Joe De, uh, or Joe DeVito Comedy on the Twitter. Are you on Gab yet? No, I don't know what that one is. Oh, Gab is uh, is is like twi- it's the new version of Twitter that a lot of people. Like oh, that's the one for like conservatives and stuff, right? Yeah, the ones that people that get mm. kicked off of Twitter for uh, for <laughs> hate speech in quotation marks, and mm. so they they I, I'm on I'm on I'm on Gab just in case you know. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll go say hi to Milo and uh, Charles yeah. Johnson and all those other people. My, Milo's there. Uh, I think Gavin is there. I don't know. Yep. Uh, I don't think he uses it, but um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people are on there. So, mm. yeah. So, uh, I can't. Why can't I talk? Oh, because it's eleven thirty. Um, <laughs> so yeah, check uh, check uh, Joe Devito out at Joe Devito Comedy on uh, on the Twitter. Also, JoeDevito dot com. He's from Long Island, so uh, show him some love. Um, I don't know why that matters, but um, yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, please smash that like button. However, you are listening to the show. Uh, tell your friends and family to listen, and as always, from my house to your house, mahalo. And that's show, donk. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver. Although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local.